to cover a couple things really quickly. Um, you know, there, there's one thing, there's sort of a theme that's been stuck in my head for the last few days, which is a little bit scary. But um, I think that when we get down the road and when is down the road, three years, four years from now, this is one of those moments. And, and there's a funny story too. I, I remember hearing, uh, sorry to go off the topic already, but I heard Ozzy Osbourne one time on, uh, on, um, Howard Stern, and he goes, you know, Howard, like 9-11, it's one of those moments that no matter where you were, you'll never forget it. And Howard says, oh, really, Ozzy, where were you? And he goes, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> so anyways, um, so I, I think three, four, five years from now, you're going to be kind of looking back at this moment and thinking, you know, wow, this coronavirus thing had a massive impact on my business or my life or my career or whatever it is and the only thing I keep thinking of or the biggest thing I keep thinking of is I now can control what that impact is whether it's a positive impact or a negative impact on my business and I know I make it sound easy I always do I'm a very positive guy so I always say you know we can do this we can do this rah 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 but, you know, I keep looking at my business and just thinking, you know, again, I've said this before, if I were to develop my business today um, and create my business today or recreate it today, how would I do that? And, you know, my company, we're actually stepping up and doing exactly that. We're reinventing our business based on today um, without disrupting it, without, you know, completely flipping the world upside down. So. You know, I think we all need to kind of do that. Like three years from now, what do I want to be looking backwards at? And it's going to it's gonna have an impact. And, you know, some of us are going to look backwards. Maybe me. Maybe I'm making all the wrong decisions right now. And I'm going to look back and go, holy shit, that was a nightmare. I lost everything. I lost my business, my house, my car, you know, my, my sanity. Um, but I'm trying to do everything I can right now to make sure that's not the case. So um, that's number one. Number two thing that I wanted to mention is um, Matt uh, sent me one thing, which was there's two new coalitions that I've seen. Uh, one was sent to me today by Matt, which was um, headed by Live Nation, AEG, Broad Broadway League, and some other companies where they all basically signed something that went into the government, basically telling them help our, our industry needs. Uh, a lot, you know, our industry was the first to be out of work and will be the last back to work. And, you know, we need support and it's not we as in they need, um, you know, social welfare or whatever you want to call it, loans, free money, whatever. It's that our businesses, our industry, the people in it need help. And we need you to be looking at this as a massive employer and as a big problem. So that's good. And, you know, I'm sure that when you have massive public companies, I guess AEG is not a public company, but when you have big companies like that working together, um, good things happen. So I don't think there's a name for that coalition, but 
Um, Matt, uh, actually, maybe I'll share the I'll share the link to it, um, and uh, and then you can take a look at it yourself. The other one was one that I saw called Go Live Together, and that one was started by Freeman, which you know, anytime a company the size of a Freeman starts a coalition or a public sort of groundswell it just looks a little bit self-serving, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've paid Freeman so much money for drayage fees and stuff for Dre shows. And I always wonder if that's, if that's a good thing or not, but um, they appear to be making a little bit of noise with this thing. They're getting, uh, you know, some people tied into it. I think they had, uh, they had 500 businesses or something connected to them when they went live with that. Um, so I don't know if other people have more of those things that you want to talk about and I'm going to shut up in a minute. Um, and then uh, very recently on a call with someone who is actually on this call, um, I was told that uh, at least one of the massive uh, behemoth promoters out there has officially canceled summer. So there will absolutely be no shows in summer um, by one of the two massive promoters that was said today. And Wiseman probably knows a heck of a lot more about it than I do, but um, so yeah, that's it. That's really all I had to say for right now. I, I had a I had a question. You talk about alliances and 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 organizations. I had someone ask me today if I had read in Billboard the article in Billboard, which I did. I had not, and I haven't seen it yet. And I haven't had a chance to look it that's up. That's the one actually that I was talking about. Was it something about a coalition, a coalition or a unionization of of uh, of, of workers? Um, you know, I mean, so, so a lot of our industry is, is, is union. A lot of it's non-union, you know, I'm looking at like right now, the thing that's, 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 that's kicking my ass is that, look, I've been, I've been very fortunate, uh, even through, uh, uh, you know, self-destruction to come out the other end and, 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 and be able to be looking at ending my career and having some assets. And that's just very lucky, especially consider what I did to myself. But at the end of the day, a lot of people, you know, aren't that lucky. And a lot of there's, there's, there's really no, like a lot of the independence. When, when I was talking to the guys in my company, just, just as a reference point of numbers, uh, we have 3,500 approximately full-time employees at PRG. Uh, and the, uh, uh, the number of people that was put down as uh, independent contractors, which served, you know, uh, anything from rock tours to, you know, you name it, whatever we do was almost 5,000 guys out of work just wow. in our area. Right. So that's a lot of people out there living, you know, paycheck to paycheck or job to job. And um, I'd heard that another company similar to ours had maybe offered to let some of those independent guys get into their 401k. Was that a good idea? Was that a bad idea? I mean, I think anything that we can do, you know, it's a double-edged sword because you know I'm I, I swing more towards self-reliance and and uh, you know less government, but if there's some middle road where you can offer to some of these guys a little bit more stability, I mean, look, if a guy's living paycheck to paycheck is not handling himself right, that's the, I think it's personal responsibility. You you pull yourself up, you work harder, you do whatever you got to do. But if there was an avenue where you could say, hey, look, you want to be independent, that's great. Uh, why don't you join our 401k or a 401k that's set up over here? I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it seems like it's close to unionization, which I'm not really all for, although I think it's a lot of good things, 
Um, yeah, but yeah. when it comes to things like what you said, a retirement plan or some sort of yeah. financial planning and health yeah. insurance, yeah. and you know, those are things that require, and I don't want to use the word union, Discipline. but some no. sort of consolidation. Consolidation. Yeah, but you know what? But, yeah, but it also it also requires discipline because you you you, know, you could theoretically carve out fifteen percent of your paycheck if you were an independent, no matter what, and 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 put it over there. It's just about the discipline to not like go buy a new boat in four in four summers when it's you know what I mean. That's so. I really I don't have a conclusion. It's just kind of throwing it out there. It's like uh, I really go back between you know personal responsibility and you know some people. Uh, if they're offered a framework, they might gravitate towards that and it could be helpful to them. Because at the end of the day, if you've got a bunch of 65-year-old roadies that don't have any money because of their own lack of personal responsibility, uh, coupled with the inability to have any kind of help or guidance on the other side, those people are going to be supported by the government and our tax money anyway. Yeah. So, you know, uh, they come out the other shoot, you know. So what do you do? What do you do? That's enough of my voice. Sorry. Get that. Up I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, a, a couple other things I wanted to point out first, uh, uh, Patrick Dearson today put a very heartfelt, uh, message up on his Facebook. Uh, it's the anniversary of, of his mother dying. So we're sorry, uh, Patrick and our hearts and, and thoughts are all with you. Um, and then secondly, the other thing I wanted to mention was, I think Nils is on here somewhere. I saw him a little while ago, but uh, Nils with his company, Verge Arrow, did a display over the last couple of days, a uh, drone display. And I don't really know where it was. Nils, if you are here, maybe you yeah, can I'm tell here. us about it. Yeah, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Cause I, I saw the video, I thought it was really super cool. Um, and then maybe, uh, you know, people can go find the video or you can post a link to it right here in the chat window as well. Hey, I'd also love to hear, I'd also love to hear Nils's opinion on what we were talking about with this union, non-union stuff. Cause I can pretty much, I'd, I'd bet a large amount of any money I had in my pocket on any day that Nils is the only Stanford, um, MBA on this call. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, the show. So we flew a bunch of drones uh, at the University of Pennsylvania, where offices are. And there's a football stadium right across the street from the two hospitals there. And um, I mean, it's not like we have anything else to do at the moment. So we thought we'd try and do something um, nice for the medical workers. So we just did a show with a bunch of thank you messages and kind of different bits and pieces. It was and so cool. So it cool. was it was incredibly well received. I mean, you know, yeah. there were like nurses crying and this kind of stuff. I mean, it really, it it really had quite an impact on people. I was I was kind of taken aback by that. Um, Look great. They really appreciated the gesture. Yeah. No, it was very very cool. And obviously, thank you for doing that. I seeing the people lined up along the sidewalk and stuff, looking up and taking video and pictures and stuff was so cool. So no, yeah. it, was, it, it went over really, it went over really well, and you know our technology has come together at just the the right time because it was the first show we did that was a hundred percent perfect. You know sometimes there's like a random drone here or there that doesn't cooperate, but like we had one hundred percent operation. So that was a really well, nice. Was of nice course, it's, of course it's on the free one though, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why can't you do that when clients are paying? 
but you know, but the, it'll it'll happen in the future because now we fix those bugs, so it's all yeah. good. It's all good. Yeah. I just, I just want to know. I just want to know how Chris Asen feels about Gavin Newsom. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, no, you Mind don't. Him up. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, Chris is a little upset about that one. Yeah, well, you can add, you can add me to that because uh, the governor in my state follows Gavin Newsom around like a lost dog. Right? Yeah. Doesn't he? He he's does. A fucking, he's a fucking pussy. Mm. Oh, now I'm getting fired up. I'm going to mute myself. Hang on. I got to mute Chris. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I, you know, the thing, the thing about Vegas, though, or, or about Nevada, and, you know, I say it like a Canadian Nevada, sorry. Um, but the thing about Nevada is obviously you have this slightly loopy mayor in, in Vegas who's got bigger balls than the governor does and she's a woman and um, i love her <laughs> yeah she's no she's 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 hilarious i mean she's very entertaining and and everything else but you know she's, well, she's little... just she's just taking the other extreme to yeah. counterbalance that extreme i i, no, I really think I that's love, what she's doing what i love about what they're doing in vegas though is they're actually and you know maybe either gumper or patrick or i don't know if there's any other vegas people on here but you could talk about it a little uh, smarter than i could but they've really created an actual plan that they've documented this is exactly how we're going to do it this is how we're going to have you know people safely um congregating and have people gambling safely and all of those things well and, and I mean, what's smart about the virus is the most dangerous thing about gambling by the way yeah but, and uh, what's smart about that what's smart about what they're doing with that is there, there's actually an underlying kind of uh, uh, strategy, I believe. So instead of going, gosh, you know, complaining and complaining and complaining about not being able to open, what they've done now, if they've said, hey, we want to open and here's our plan. So it puts the government in a position where they actually have to rebut what it puts them on a complete, it's, it flips the script. So now they've got to tell you why you're wrong and why you can't do it. And they'll, they might actually even get into a conversation of, okay, well, some of those are good ideas. And then, then the wall starts to crack a little bit, in my opinion. I think first yeah. in line wins. I, I think that whoever comes up with the plan, whether it's the government or it's the private, or I guess the companies, those are the ones that are going to win first. Yeah, you know, but Patrick, they, what they what they've done is they've started the conversation. They, they, instead of sitting at home with you know doing nothing, waiting for Newsom. Yeah, yeah, you know they they they've now now they now they have to respond with why that's wrong, and then you know uh, they, they've gone from a power position to a negotiating position. They've gone from all all seen powerful dictatorship of this is what you're gonna do. Like our our, our governor of Nevada came out today and said, well, you know. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to open up when I think it's okay. It's like, Hey motherfucker, you're not my father. You're not my, you're not my nanny. This is, I'm not a kid. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. Tell me we're going to shoot for May 15th. If there's a problem before that, we're going to probably have to readjust, but don't just say when I, when I say it, like, fuck you. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, this is the frustration that we're having here is that we keep getting these, you know, well, it's a four step process. Well, there's no dates. It's all open-ended. I mean, so unless you are going to start paying everybody their salary, you can't do this for an infinite amount of time. There has to be an endpoint, and there, there, there are going to be some, some restrictions. We got that, but I mean, you know, and then the you know, the other side is the legality of what is a non-essential business, and and who dictates it being closed or not. So that that's 
I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. Well, and, yeah, and yesterday the U.S. Senate came out and said uh, there will be no more uh, aid or packages or bailouts without liability attached to it. In other words, uh, you know, what we talked about a few sessions ago where, you know, if you can sue anybody for anything, we've already established that. I'm living proof, all right? So if you, um, uh, you they got to take it up a notch on the disclaimers of the, or, or, the, or the waiver of your rights, et cetera. You can't have a concert and have, you know, 15 people probably premeditated to sue you for whatever to get, you know, because it's cheaper for the company to write a $15,000 check than go to court. You know, that shit's got to stop. They got, they got to have indemnification. Featherstone brought it up a month ago. I thought it was, you know, a great call on his part. Sorry, I was talking away without my mic on, but um, the thing about the indemnification is that, um, you know, I don't care what side of the political fence anyone is on, the president has been talking a hell of a lot about indemnification in the last, let's say, four or five of his daily briefings. And I think that's a really good thing. So I believe the very first thing that he's going to concentrate on is, is the food industry, um, which is becoming a little bit sketchy right now. And, um, you know, one of the big reasons that these plants are closing is because of liability issues with workers suing them and stuff, right? Um, so, you know, I think indemnification is going to become a reality from a sort of federal standpoint. And, you know, it's one of those times when, I, again, as John loves to say, we're all socialists. We all believe in the government when it comes to rules that are going to kind of help everyone, every industry, really. So... Um, anyone else got anything fun and exciting and interesting to discuss today? Um, you know, a lot of cool people, as always. Love this crowd. Nook, you've never been short on words. You need to turn your mic on, buddy. I want to know when John Wiseman lost his hair. <laughs> I have not uh, seen you forever. You live in Nevada now? Yeah, I'm living up in I'm living up in uh, Tahoe. I've been up here about seven, eight years. Oh um, man, that was the best ten years of my life. Yeah, you know what, buddy? I tell you, I uh, uh, it the hair was on the way out. I just decided to finish it off because it looked so pathetic. It was it was pretty bad. It remind it was like when my when I first tried to grow my first mustache. My dad looked at me. I was about nineteen. He said. Looks like a football game. I go, how's that? He goes, eleven on each side. <laughs> when I <laughs> great. That's about what I was down to. Good, good to hear your voice, Nick. Always, always a big, big fan. Always a big, big fan. So it's been really cool watching. I mean, as an editor, I get every press release in the world now. So I, I see everything that every company's doing for everybody, and it's pretty funny. Now, yesterday I was talking to the to Guillermo one of the mega brothers, they come up with some wacky ideas. And like everybody, they're trying to self-purpose. And he goes, well, here's what I'm doing now, Nookie. And I was like, all right, hit me up. And he goes, I'm putting UV rays on moving lights and I'm putting them in banks and churches to run during the nighttime to decontaminate stuff. And I went, you go, brother. Whatever. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, that, that's the latest friendly rumor i had that i thought was yeah 
hey, you know, I whatever that whatever you know, he's offering to do it for free and see if it helps, and they'll monitor. Yeah. San Antonio. No, Nook, you've been doing a really good job, uh, you know, keeping the stories interesting and stuff. You know, from your standpoint, I love some of the stuff you're pulling forward. I've not always seen eye to eye with the company you work for, perhaps, but I think yeah. you do a fantastic job. And like the the um, Strickland thing was incredible. Uh, you know, just a lot of the stuff. I mean, you've had some incredible stories over the last couple of weeks or a couple of months, and uh, we appreciate uh, it for sure. The, the best thing about my, I have two things that, that are, one thing that's great and one thing that's bad. One thing that's really bad is I have to write the obituaries. And Steve yeah. Irwin passed away, you know? Yeah, that was, that was no good. The 25-year no friend. No bueno. Yeah, no bueno. But then again, the good things are, my biggest columns are the legends. Whenever I can find a legend and just sit down, and then all of a sudden I'll get 40,000 hits if I'm talking to Cosmo or something, write a story about him. But the, the real old fellas, the Peter Morses, the Mark Hogues, the guys that are now 70-year-old production managers, there, yeah. there's a lot of big guys out there. It's nice to see. It's nice to see all these faces, too. Yeah. Eric uh, Cook locked in the boiler room basement? Where are you? I am. I'm in the uh, boiler room basement. It's where I smoke weed. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bother my, my wife so much. So I can sit in the uh, I, I, I was going to say, Nook, I don't know how long you've been down there, but, you know, it's, it's legal now. <laughs> Upstairs. Come up, man. It's all right. Come on up, Nick. <laughs> been a lot. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of changes in the world, my friend. <laughs> oh my God! Hey, hey. I got an eleven-year-old sitting upstairs. I got, you know. It's great, it's great to see you, Nick. Funny. Wasn't that about the time you started smoking weed? Probably. I was like fourteen. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Nook, Nook started smoking weed back when they used to used to call it lids, three fingers, four finger lids. Yeah, top of the shoebox, get the seeds out. You got a seed in your joint, it flows up. Yeah, that was all the good days, right? I just started working for San Francisco bands. It all changed my whole world. It's 1976, bam, it's a new world. But anyway, Patrick, I have your questions. I'm going to email him once we're done here. I'm just that kind of guy that forgets to do stuff like that. Christian O'Reilly. Which Patrick? He's two people looking at his butt. <laughs> no, Patrick Dearson. I had some uh, email questions I meant to send him, and I just forgot okay. to send off the word file. Shoot him off whenever. <laughs> I'm a little swamped this week anyway, so it's all good. Dearson, you're way too quiet today. You gotta, you gotta tell us what's going on in Las Vegas. I'm sorry. I've, I've been up since 5:30 this morning and started the day with cycling down the strip. So, and I know, and off. we love it. We appreciate it. The it was uh, really morning. The the one, uh, what was it? The one that you said was like the eeriest one yet, or whatever. That one was incredible. It was just like, holy shit. Right. Yeah, so I don't think out. I think it took like ten minutes or five minutes before you even saw another car in that video. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. It was insane. There was nobody around. It was literally in the middle of Las Vegas Boulevard for the majority That's of the insane. ride. Insane. And it was really yeah. Wild. It was like one in the morning or something, right? We went out really late. I think we we, we had it out at like live in Vegas. Huh? How many people actually live in Vegas? 
don't know. We've got I mean, some several million. I think I think it's I want to say Clark six, County. Clark County is two point four million. I was gonna say it's got to be a couple. It's got to be a couple million because they control the whole state of Nevada. Whatever happens, yeah. all comes out of well, Vegas. But it's like sixty of us live on the strip. You know, there's yeah. just nobody that lives down here, which is kind of the beauty of it right now because I've got the place to myself. But it does really feel like I am legend at times because I go out there, just the only person around. Wow. Don't start setting traps. <laughs> and then, and then I, I, I head out and you know, I jump in the car and go to go to the store and head out to the suburbs, and it's just a madhouse. Like everybody's out. Everybody's going to you know to Costco and Albertsons and hitting all these stores and liquor stores, and it's it's completely populated. There's a million people on the road. And you just don't expect it because you're on the strip. You, you pull out, and there's not another car around. Yeah, it's why isn't it? Isn't it crazy, Patrick? You know what? It, it, and then, like, I go to the Rayleigh store here, where I've been shopping for five or for eight years, and uh, uh, I can't get a parking spot. Yeah, it's it's jammed, and it's like, okay, I guess the shit doesn't transmit in here. Yeah, no, it's safe there. That's perfectly safe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was. Hey, uh, I, I saw. I saw Ben Richards on here. I had a question for Ben. You know, talking about touring and whatnot. Um, I haven't seen a cancellation from your upcoming tour and Motley Crue. I talked to a couple of those guys yesterday. I mean, look, it's virtually canceled. They just haven't said so yet. That's a standoff between promoter, insurance companies, and band right now. Um, but I'd be, be curious, Ben. Has is uh, have, have your guys thrown in the towel officially yet? Looks like he's uh he's paused right now. Yeah, he shut his video off. He's so. still on. Oh, yeah. Hey, take that so John. It matters John. in these contracts who shuts down, who blinks first, right? Cost wise. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, uh, although I've spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I just, uh, it, you know, it's posturing at this point. You know, everybody knows that the Motley Crue, Def Leppard thing's not going to happen. You know, you just know it's not going to happen. It's, it's in, it's in June. So that means you got to rehearse in May. That means you, you know, when I say rehearse, I don't mean production rehearsals, The the band's got to get together and rehearse. They got there's. But does that mean John, that we have God forbid another Motley Crue comeback next year? I think so. I think so. All right. Hey, the, you know what? It's not really a comeback when you never really go away. Yeah, that's true. Well, and, I'm sure Vince has got to be pissed off that he had to get in shape for nothing now, right? Uh, I, I wouldn't bet that he's in shape. Yeah. I, I was I was going to ask this group: Are there any gigs coming up that uh, you guys can talk about? That I've heard of. I've heard of a couple product launches in June that are happening, but without audiences, I just want to see if there was any gigs coming up. Nobody here. nobody wants to talk on this call because Wiseman has already threatened to. Take all the customers money. and stuff, go after right? everybody. No, I won't do that. <laughs> you know what? I, I gotta tell you, uh, Eric, I'd love to hear that. I from from me, uh, I got nothing. Um, you, we 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 had a, a big call this morning, and the the, the real focus is, um, you know, I'm I'm the eternal optimist, man. I'm I'm always I'm always <laughs> thinking and hoping for the best for for everybody to get back to work. And I always thought, okay, it's got to be the end of May. Well, maybe it's going to be June, or maybe Fourth of July. Fourth of July is a really big one, right? Then I went off to the conventions, right? Uh, it's got to be the Democrats, the RNC, and the DNC, right? And then, and then, you know, what I keep kind of focusing on today 
is Jesus Christ. I hope they don't cancel Coachella. That's in August. I mean, excuse me, that's in October, October. So I, 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 I can't tell you right now one gig on any level other than, you know, like a, uh, a live streaming uh, NASCAR in uh, Memorial Day weekend is not a, ago, not a live, not no a live gig. I was talking to my baseball. Friend no, it's live, but it's without fans. Yeah, but without fans. Well, that's the dilemma that MLB has right now is they're talking uh, again. I talked to a couple of uh, friends of mine that actually play play for the Giants. And I talked to one of the announcers yesterday, a guy named Mike Kruko, and he just said, we just don't know. They went from having us, uh, uh, the, 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 the Arizona League and the Grapefruit League, I guess that's the, 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 the Citrus League in Florida, and they were going to ship all, the, all the, uh, the different teams down and have them do tournaments and then have a World Series somewhere in the middle. That's now gone to spread over to three stadiums, but then they're saying, well, they can, they can do it with um, – no fans and then mlb says well if there's no fans there's no revenue we can't pay you guys with contracts worth so it's just a you know it, well, one, one one thing don't baseball tickets cost like six dollars though or something or twenty dollars or whatever but and then the you know. world series would be in december right that's what yeah. they were saying john yeah i mean look the, i talked to my i talked to mike kruko he's one of the announcers for the giants yesterday he's an ex-ball player him and dave kuiper called kruko and kuiper and they they're, they're the guys for the giants and he just said uh uh you know we've had sh we've had shortened uh seasons in the past and he brought oh, yeah. them all off right and he said it's not that big a deal they can adjust to it but a shortened season is different than a shortened seasons with no revenue and no income you know, it's like the NBA wanting to kick back up again and play empty stadiums just to catch the billion dollars plus of television revenue that's hanging out there. Um, but, you know, it's it, it just it, there's no like consensus of how to do this right yet. Benoit's back uh, now. So if Benoit, can you uh, tell us what's happening with your gig? Uh, oh, yes. Hi, everybody. Um, no news. No news. <laughs> Supposedly, Matchbox 20 is the largest selling ticket in the summer. That's what I heard somewhere. Um, and it's strange because the first show is July 17th. Uh, last, I mean, from what I heard, uh, by the time this whole thing went down early March, um, Live Nation hadn't paid the band's advance and CAA closed. So that was it for that. And then all of us were put on hold, or not put on hold, but we were kind of told to just sit tight and wait and see. So um, I'm, I'm kind of like thinking that we're, we're turning around into May next week. Um, that's when Live Nation is going to have to make some pretty big decisions about tours that are going out in uh, mid-July until the end of September, like ours. So... No, nothing to report. But I do have one thing. If any of you qualify for the stimulus check and you have not been able to get into that Get My Payment website, I finally got in because I wrote my street name in all caps. So try that again. The Get My Payment website is uh, done by the IRS. And then we all qualify. Well, it basically it's uh, individual filing under seventy-five grand I per know, year. I'm just kidding. Uh, joint filing <laughs> under one hundred and fifty per year, and then you get an extra. So if you get twelve hundred each, you get five hundred per child. And if you do qualify and you go to this website because you don't have direct deposit info uh, set up with the IRS, 
Then you fill out all this information with your social security, your date of birth. But the problem was that the street address, if you didn't write your street name in all capitals, all of a sudden they didn't know who you were. And I so finally- the, So the key to get 500 bucks for a kid is to go out and on an adoption rampage this afternoon? <laughs> I, I, you, I knew you'd figure I'm it going, out. I'm going down I to don't Petco know the today. value would be there, John. <laughs> well, you don't have to keep them for much too long. <laughs> any, any little bit helps, that's all I'm saying. So for us, we're going to get 2,900 bucks. Woohoo! <laughs> There's talk nice. about another set of it with uh, $2,000 a person and yes. $500 per bills. There are three bills right now. Is, is cash going to have any value by the time <clears throat> the Fed is done printing money? No. I mean, you know, they're just printing out these trillion dollar checks like they're nothing. And uh, it just seems to keep coming. So, you know, I don't know. Just, like, I just hope make to it $2,000 of... make it two thousand a month forever. And yeah, we won't have to go not? back to work ever. Why not? Yeah, and then a, a pack of cigarette, a pack of cigarettes will be two thousand bucks. You watch. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's how. So I'm buying cigarettes. I'm buying cigarettes right now and and holding them. So Steve Warren. Cigarette futures. My new investment idea. <laughs> What's going on in the UK? I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me that because it's just been up and down. I mean, we're all looking hopefully at Germany, but obviously Germany is now about to turn around. Um, it's looking bad for them again. Uh, Sweden was an interesting exercise, but again, all the news coming out of there doesn't look so good. So I think it was Wiseman saying no consensus. And what can you say? You know, you keep looking, searching everywhere for news. Um, well, one of the, one of the facts it, appears to be that a lot of people need to get this before it turns around. Like you can't just hide from it and then come out and go, okay, we missed it because then you're going to get nailed. Yeah, it happened yeah. in Russia. It happened in mm -hmm. a lot of other places. But everybody's so scared. Um, this is one of the reasons I brought Paul Jones in. Paul Jones is put together like the biggest group here. He's running the, have you seen he's online tonight? I think uh, he is. Yeah, Paul. Um, because Paul's, I think there's about 8,000 of them within his group, which has only just started since all this crisis. But he's the one been sort of giving the most information to, because there are different rules for the freelancers, um, small company owners who class themselves as, you know, small company and pay themselves like that. Um, so the government here have been really helpful in terms of the 80%, paying 80% of the staff's mm. pay to furlough everyone. And they're just, you know, so that just defers all of the unemployment. But and that's just been extended from 6th of May to 6th of June. So, but of course the question is what happens then? And so the airlines are just pressing, I see today that they're pressing to, to extend it again. And, and obviously we all hope they will because, you know, so for us, we haven't had any layoffs, which is great, but it's, it's you know, tough times coming. Haven't, so. any sit, haven't had any sales either. <laughs> yeah, just don't yeah. go there. Yeah. Um, probably going to be a lot of second-hand equipment on the market as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm hoping. I'm selling them. <laughs> I'm hoping. I think you're. I think you're going to be in a good place. Yeah. Uh, Paul would be a good person to 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 ask. He's much closer to to the political side of development. Paul, well, yeah. I mean, I can give you kind of a a bit of a, a rundown of really where the UK is. I mean, at the moment, there's several schemes that uh, the government have brought in. Most of them are working. Some of them are pretty dreadful. I've got this job retention scheme 
for sole directors, so limited company sole directors, where you're like the only person, but you employ people, and that scheme's clearly not working. There's just under three million people that have fallen through the gap, so they're getting nothing. There's absolutely no help for them available at all. Um, I set up a little Facebook group about sort of six weeks ago. So my my last job was supposed to be St Patrick's Day, and that's kind of it's quite a big deal. It's in Trafalgar Square in central London. We do a lot of sort of local government events there. And that event was supposed to be on the 15th of March, and then it kind of stopped. It was just, you know, they, they rang us on the Friday, the trucks were outside the unit, ready to go. They just said, no, that's it. We're not, we're not going ahead. So the weekend, I was kind of at a bit of a loss. I could see that this was kind of the start for me, because the way we see it is that the mayor's office in London have always said that London is open. That's their big tagline. And the moment that they closed that first event down, that was saying London's closed, you know. So, and it was a knock-on effect then. You start to see things very, very quickly escalating. And my idea was that I know so hundreds of people. I employ quite a lot of freelancers. I have companies that we do business with. And it was like, well, let's get a little forum together. We can all talk to each other, help each other, and find out the information that we need. And that started off with just a couple of hundred people. And there's now just under 9,000 of us, which is just wow. phenomenal. So. I've ended up like three colleagues from, um, from the industry giving us a hand from different corners of the industry. And what we're doing now is collating as much information as possible just to give to, to people to see what's, you know, what's happening within the industry, from government departments, from lawyers, from accountants. Because the problem with Facebook is that, you know, here in the UK, we've got 66 million people. At the moment, we have 65 million of those people are either economists, virologists, or they're epidemiologists. They've all got <laughs> opinions, and they know everything, you know. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's from a reliable source. Well, the reliable source is Tracy, who's the hairdresser, whose brother's father's sister's uncle knows somebody that's an MP. And that's where the source is coming from. So it's not reliable. So we put it all together. And every day, like one of the things I do every morning is I'm trawling all through the, the government reports, legislation, looking for signs of positivity, the things that will move us forward. It's, it's not great, you know, I mean, with the idea is to give people positive in, information. And Steve mentioned about this furlough scheme that runs till June, but the Chancellor's made some comments uh, sort of about 48 hours ago that as from June, they will start to slow this back to start bringing people back to work. Now, whether or not that happens, I don't know, but our industry, as we're all saying, will be one of the last, you know, the large scale mass events. In my personal opinion is the UK will not see a mass, you know, large scale event, anything above a couple of thousand people, period, until the end of the year, until we get into next year. It's just not possible. We've got multiple experts. We have these safety advisory groups. They come in, they're doing all the work that they can. Lots of industry people, all the associations working together to try and come up with, you know, ingenious ways. I mean, we are incredibly resilient people. The whole, you know, the whole industry globally works really well together. And we're used to working in adversity. And that's where we are now. And the idea is looking at, like Steve was saying, Europe-wise, what's happening in Europe. I mean, there are some good things happening in Europe. I don't know if anybody saw the uh, concert in Denmark with people in the cars. Has anybody seen that? No, um, I didn't see it. Yep. I didn't hear about it. I'd be keen to know more about it because you think, well, like a drive-in concert, you listen anything. through FM. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. that. Yeah. So cool. they built built a stage, put screens in, put everything in. They put about six or seven hundred cars in there, and it was very, very successful. It's not a great thing, but it's certainly one of those things that needs to start stimulating what we do. Because if we don't have that stimulus, 
all will do is everyone will start to feel the longer this goes on, the more fear and the more worry will start to happen. So it's about everybody collectively looking at the ways in which we do this, working with the experts, working with the likes of, you know, live music, but not standing outside of that from broadcast to all sorts of, you know, the disciplines that go around the whole of our industry as a whole, you know, all we're pulling your resources together. Yeah. Very well said. Thank you for Thank sharing you. that information, Paul. So another thing that I saw today that I thought was incredibly cool was, um, and I don't know if he's still here, I saw him earlier, but Cosmo uh, put something up on his Facebook page, which was, you know, if you haven't seen it and you're friends with Cosmo, go check it out. But it's amazing. And Cosmo, what are you thinking right now? Your mic's off, buddy. Oh, shit. Your mic's on, but it ain't coming through. Can anyone sure else hear something? You got to select audio. How's that? Can you hear there me now? There you go. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I had, I had the wrong mic picked. Uh, fucking lighting, guys. <laughs> Well, it was a sound thing, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, I, I think this, you know, it's, like I said in the post, for those who read it, I mean, it, we got over the Spanish flu as a, as a world, you know, 100 years ago, and we got back to normal pretty quickly, and we didn't have any of the modern-day technologies then we have now, you know. So right now, I think a lot of people are – scared to get back together in groups of people but i also think a lot of people are excited to get back together in groups of people you know in groups together and you know time, time, time that's it time will tell and we'll see what happens as things open slowly and and what the population does if, if, if we go back to people getting sick and dying or if we continue the downward trend and, and keep tabs on it uh you know it's it's uh that's the one thing we've done we've done this blanket thing over the whole world uh, you know it seemed to work in china it didn't work so well in Italy. Um, it seems to be working in most of the states and some other countries. I mean, Sweden, the you know, a, a test tube of, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you know, that's 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 it's just gonna, you know, this whole thing is hindsight's twenty twenty. We're gonna look back a week from now and go, oh, we should have done that, or are we glad we did that? And you know, I, it's 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 hard. It's really, I think it's just really difficult to estimate what's going to happen when we're going to get back to work you know but it's as far as i'm seeing right now it looks like for the work for the most part we're we've kind of peaked and hopefully we keep this downward trend yeah yeah i right. agree with you what i'm seeing in some of the other calls that i've been in um going directly you're talking about cosmo the i think the tv and film world looks like it's going to come back pretty quickly they're they're trying to find ways to to put stuff in so they have less people on set at any given time or a way to to uh, make the sets safer. And then uh, what I'm worried about is with the live entertainment, what it's gonna take for people to feel safe coming out to a festival ground or to an arena or something like that. I yeah, TV's, TV's gonna come back first. We just did a, a virtual reality setup for a studio for Katy Perry for her to, to, to call into um, American Idol. And so, you know, that's that's not enough to float the company. I don't think it's going to be a trend that's going to stick and become new. But like you said, it's uh, 
it's it's lives different, but TV is going to be first, I think. Well, yeah, because it's a it's a that's a very controlled environment where you can check everybody there and 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 have more of an idea of who, you know, testing and you taking temperatures and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. Last week I was speaking to a few people about um, you know Aerosmith uh, coming back and doing our residency in Vegas. I mean, at least it's a smaller. It's a, I mean, it's a five thousand seat theater, but it's a it's a smaller venue. Um, you, you know, you can, you have less people to check. You can do social distancing with seats and stuff. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that thought, thought would have to go into it, but you know, I, I don't see why you couldn't start on a small scale, bringing people together and maintain a, social distance. There's a lot of technology that hasn't been, that's not being used. It's going to be used. And I go back to getting off a flight in Tokyo 15, 16 years ago, yeah. whenever the SARS thing was going yeah. on and they, they had the TV and, I turned around to look at the monitor because it was one of the first guys off the plane. I watched them, every single person walking by. And this is, you know, a decade or so ago. Uh, it had it had a little uh, digital readout of their temperature on their head, you know. So if you got that at a, if you got that at a at an arena and you see some guy walk by with 106 temperature, you carve him out of the crowd. You know, I mean, some of those things are going to have to. It's going to be trial and error. But and then he wrestles everybody, and then he wrestles everybody, and gets all those security guys sick and. No, he'll be no. He'll, he'll be he'll be he'll be weak from his fever. No, but then there's gonna be then there's gonna be like civil rights lawsuits and stuff. You know, I mean, it's. I, I wonder anyway. where that's gonna, gonna be go. anyway. It's gonna oh, be yeah. anyway. Drag along the television, yeah. along the television production side, right now we've got three shows that are scheduled to go back into the studios mid June. And those are all, that's ABC, those are two ABC shows and one NBC show uh, that have all been modified to get rid of the audience. Uh, they're talking about splitting the crews up. So carpenters will come in day one, lighting will come in for a couple days. And, and so what we would normally do in a three or four day load in, uh, they're going to spread out to a week, week and a half uh, just to expand it. So we're not putting so many of the crew into a confined space as, as much as possible. Uh, they're talking about taking people out of the control room, which is usually, you know, a packed sardine can. Um, so they're, but they're absolutely looking at bringing television production back in starting in June and July. And talking about the control room stuff, I've seen one of the other calls I was in before, they're talking about more and more of that being remote. There's no reason that you don't necessarily need to have a director on site when they can watch it all in a, uh, a Google Hangouts screen or a Meet screen or something like that. And communicate everything back and forth and you can use iPads as preview monitors and you know various things that you don't need as many people in that control room or on that set. Well and 60% of the people are in that room are ego driven. I mean it's it's people from the network that are there to just prove that they're there. I mean look at all that all that's fine. The reality is the producers will just go into spread out rooms. All, all that's fine. All that all that does is that 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 starts the shows again and it starts the business again. And then familiarity breeds contempt. You know, you, you're gonna have to have an audience. You, you know, if, yeah, this can only so, go on for so long. Yeah, I mean, it, everybody's everybody wants and is hungry for something live, and I mean, the, 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 there's got to be some small scale way to do this that we can turn into a larger scale model. But it's got to happen sooner than later because people are hungry yeah, for it. I mean, the virtual <laughs> concerts only last for so long. It's it's a gimmick for a couple of months, and then it becomes something that's not a viable source of income. Yeah, but you know what? There's also uh, at what point does personal responsibility come into play? Okay, if you're sick, 
or if you just finished your chemo treatment, or if you're 85 years old uh, and obese, you probably shouldn't be at a rock show. No Motley Crue for them. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, there's got to be some personal responsibility involved here. You know, it can't be the government telling us what to do. And I'm not being anti-government. It's just like at a certain point, when do we, you know, act like adults and act like like people that, you know, can make uh, decisions, you know? Entertainment's pretty essential to our day-to-day lives. So, I mean, I don't know how we would call it a non-essential business. I mean, without entertainment, you know, we'd all be kind of bored. No, no TV, no Netflix, no social media. Well, news, no news is considered an essential business, and that's still going on. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that would be great if that went away. That would that would solve eighty percent of our problems. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> so, do we have anybody else? Some of us make income from, from that, so please don't wish it away. <laughs> do we have anybody else on from the UK right now? That My friend we John, talked to? John, are you out there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. You've been doing a lot for the freelancers, man. You, you even got on TV. Yeah, John, I, I think, has been working with freelancers in the UK to sort of help that process along, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm probably like the least important person in this Zoom chat in a lot of ways. Um, and so I, firstly, a quick caveat. Uh, unions in the UK are not the same as unions in America. They, they don't have the same power and they don't have the same political, um, they just don't have the same political sort of identity and focus that they do in America. It's very different. Um, you don't have to be unionized to work. I'm sure though, you know, all this shit anyway. So um, I won't bore you with it. But so I, I work for, um, uh, I work with the union as well as being in uh, venues throughout London. I also tour. So what we found is we, we got like, it's relatively recent that we got a crew branch and stuff as well. So like, you know, the guys loading the trucks and that, and they've, you know, they've got obviously no cancellation policy, living paycheck to paycheck, it's tough for them and stuff. Um, and so as, um, oh God, what's, what's his name? The gentleman from the UK who spoke earlier. I'm so bad with names. Um, that's him, Paul Jones. As Paul said earlier, there's the, the government sort of like, stuttered a lot in the uk and basically everything that they've done including going well do we furlough people or do we not what percentage do we give the wages 80 sounds about well, okay we'll do that and then they totally forgot self-employed people completely like everybody um sole traders like me people who have companies the whole nine yards like five million people they were like uh what <laughs> and so like obviously there was a big groundswell of campaigning from people like paul um, the unions as well say putting their hands up and going there's loads of people about to fall through the cracks here um, and my union asked you know would you be okay to be to talk for you know for 30 seconds on the six o'clock news about it so I ended up on the fucking BBC which um, you know for not the reasons that Steve Warren would have told you that I'd end up on the BBC news for a start so <laughs> I'd surprise doing a few people so yeah and, and basically that the, the union's pretty good because it's got a um, it's a big umbrella union also does like civil servants and, and people like that. So it's got, it's got people's ears in the corridors of power in, in the parliament in the UK. So they're pretty good at lobbying. So they got in the right rooms with the right people, as well as lots of trade associations like the PSA. We're all saying the same thing, which is like everybody from a fucking Uber driver to, you know, to the big shots in our industry were just overlooked. And it was like, well, you're going to have to think of fucking something. If you're, if you're taking the regular workforce and paying 80% of their wages 
and you're just doing nothing for 5 million people. That's a disparity that's too far. And a lot of people are going to end up on benefits and that's not going to cover their bills. And then a lot of people are going to, uh, to use the American phrase, you foreclose on a lot of financial agreements. Lots of people like you run companies, you have asset finance, those bills don't stop coming. You know, uh, you know, Roby's not going to care that you've got, you know, 12 mega pointies in the warehouse that are half paid off because there's no, well, maybe they do, but like you could you couldn't blame them if they'd be like, well, fuck you, declare bankruptcy or, or fuck off, you know what I mean? Because um, I'm sorry, I'm from there, the North. Has anyone else ever tried that method, by the way? I don't know. I don't know if that works. <laughs> well, you guys probably know better than me because you the guys who actually work in big companies. I work, I work for people who work for people who work for people like you. So um, yeah. I'm very much the boots on the ground guy and all of this. But yeah. um, as you might have guessed, a gobshite and therefore end up on the news and making the most noise. But we've, we've yeah. seen some movements. We've seen some progress. I don't know. So what, what specifically have you been able to do for like, has there been any progress as far as what we call, I guess, gig workers? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, so quickly the government sort of went, okay, well, we need to do something for self-employed people. So they said, okay, so self-employed people are going to get 80% of their profits over the last three years, which is sounds good, but isn't great. Um, and that um, covers like, you know, a lot of self-employed people, but not the people Paul alluded to earlier. You can own your own company in the UK, make that limited. And therefore, if you have three quiet months, you know, you know, you don't lose the house because it's the, the company's assets are separate from your personal assets. And, and people do that. But there is no provision for that sort of setup. There is just provision for people like me, who's a, a sole trading freelancer guy who doesn't own a company. So they just sort of keep stuttering. They sort of go, oh, yeah. And then, you know, people go, well, have you thought about the rest of it? And they go, no, wait, <laughs> shit. <laughs> and it's just so sort of stop, start, stutter, stutter. We seem to be like three or four moves behind the rest of the world, the disease, um, you know, the current sort of economy of it all. And I think that like inaction is, is what's going to cost a lot of people dearly, not, not just from a business point of view, but obviously from the, in terms of their livelihoods or, or indeed their lives, because there's like, there's a load of just inaction and blunders and stuff because the you know yeah. the people in charge are kind of clowns in a, in a big way. But we have seen them sort of start to make moves and and change this and you know which is great. Like, but I mean, really, I'm I'm not going to applaud them for it because it should have been done from the get go. It's not hard. Like, well, I, have, I have to say, sorry, John, to to cut in. I mean, you say by all means, you say you don't want to applaud them, um, and even though it is so so bloody depressing. I have to say, say, I feel quite blessed being here in the UK when I think of 80% of the, the regular PAYE staff. And then, as you say, through people like yourself and Paul pushing and making clear about the freelance situation, and then they added the freelancers to that list. That took a lot of those 5 million into yeah. that 80% yeah. group. And I think there are a lot of countries that are very envious, especially America, who are very envious of the fact that the government have somehow come in and said, okay, we're going to pick up the bill for at least three months, maybe four months now. And when I speak to people in Belgium, he said, you know, I spoke to one guy and he's got 25 staff and he said, there's no furloughing here. I've had to let everybody go. Everyone is unemployed. And what they, I said, well, what, the, what do they do? How do they pay their rent? He says, well, they go down to the unemployment and the unemployment pay them 50 to 75%. Now, again, we get very heavily taxed in Europe, you know, 40, 50% tax in places, you know, 
Um, but at the same time, you think, okay, at least we're now getting some of that back. And when I look at the situation America's in, as far as I can see, it's, it's a case of you can borrow some money and that's it. You're like, you've got to be fucking joking, you know? How yeah. are you going to keep any staff on your payroll if, if it's... They did do shitty business loans money. here as well. Um, they, and I, I say they're shitty because they're like, they're interest-free for 12 months and they're backed by a regular bank. And then after that, so say the, three, the, the, the payment period is like three years. The next two years, you've got to pay bank interest on it. And the minimum term for the minimum loan was like 25 grand. So it's like, you've got to service a 25 grand debt in two years then. And it's like, well, it just doesn't make financial sense. Just think, just think it through a little bit. And I didn't know it was that bad in Belgium, which sounds pretty bad. I guess the only thing I can, and I, people must be bored of the sound of my voice. Yeah. I, I think I'll finish it by saying, yeah, I guess if you do pay your taxes and you do pay a higher rate of tax, then, you know, it's, it's for the existence of a safety net. So, Let's fucking see it then, basically. So I, I have a question. So Chris McMean. Yes. I think you should do like a daily recipe uh, thing on your Facebook page or something. Because, you know, your food pictures, I'm starving to death right now. And, and uh, you know, I just look at your Facebook you page. Pack and, one of those beef ribs up and send, ship it down to you? You know, I don't even really eat meat. But the thing is, when I look at your Facebook and Cosmo's Facebook, all I want to do is, you know, eat ribs under the sunset, basically, right? Yeah, well, you know, you got to do something when these times come. And, you know, the, the smoking meat preserves it longer. So, you know, smoke yeah. the meat up. And, uh, you know, my, my fridge is packed at the moment. If anybody needs a slab of bacon or some uh, beef ribs, uh, drop me a note and I'll box them up and ship them out to you there I, you go one of my friends is a nurse and uh from florida and she flew up here and she's uh, working in the new york hospitals i baked her a whole tray of cookies and shipped oh, those cool. over to her and that's cool some hand sanitizer and uh well know. you know when i'll know we're all better is when i see sushi pictures again on chris's uh facebook page that's when i'm gonna know I'm, times I'm are good, good. I, I, I broke down last week and made a trip to the sushi joint. Yeah, I don't Good care. Food. I'm having sushi tonight because it's my goddamn birthday. There you go. Happy birthday. Wow, dude. Happy that birthday. Nice. Happy birthday, Benoit. Happy birthday, brother. Chris, you should do a throwback Thursday to your sushi in Tokyo for the next few weeks for everyone. Oh, I no, completely I, agree. Every day, I'm like, I just want to leave and go to Tokyo. But and when, Laura, when, you know, Laura Frank, she's in Kyoto right now. And she's just wandering around Kyoto taking pictures. And I'm like, you need to go here. You need to go to this sushi place. Go to this sushi place and go to that sushi place. <laughs> I remember when you were there, Chris, and every time you uh, you sent a picture, I was just like, my gosh, if I come back in another life, I want to be your tummy. It's just that's it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I want to be Chris's tummy. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, but Think weird. of all the sushi that's coming. <laughs> that's a little weird. I don't want to be Chris's tummy. Or, or somebody, get Richard, somebody get Richard I mean, back you went a little too fast. far. <laughs> you went a little too far, Benoit. So uh, hang on a sec. Uh, I think Jamie Brock has an idea. Got to go. You have a freaking light bulb next to you. You got to have an idea. Doesn't even have a microphone. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even have a microphone. That's good. 
but uh, yeah, we all should be cooking and sending food to everybody. I agree. No, I mean, I, you know, honestly, when you guys are all busy, you don't post anything interesting on Facebook. I got to be honest. But now that now that everybody's got nothing better to do, I actually enjoy Facebook for a minute. You know, it's less about politics and it's more about what's for dinner and sunsets and, you know, all the things in life that we probably should pay more attention to. Right. I think it's weird that you can pick up the phone and call anybody, any of your production friends. And they it is amazing, isn't it's it? It's like, <laughs> it is so, amazing. Except for you, Patrick, because you never answer your friggin' phone. <laughs> I do. Even now. <laughs> yeah. No, no I, I, really quick. I was in San Pedro yesterday down at the marina and uh, was shocked. There's, I think, 14 cruise ships that are tied up down there. And all 14 of them still have crew that aren't able to disembark from the, the ships. They're, they're because of, of rules and regulations. Even Americans that are working on these cruise ships are stuck on these cruise ships that I didn't know about. And uh, they're not able to get off. They've been, some of them have been on there since, I think, March or, or February. Mm -hmm. And they're sending them food. <laughs> but, like, there's a couple of people that live in Florida that are stuck in San Pedro that can't get off the ship. Talk about an industry that's getting their ass kicked right now, the cruise ship industry, you know, because not, not necessarily because it's an unsafe environment, because I think they're doing an incredible job cleaning these cruise ships. And I don't really necessarily agree that they're, you know, disease cesspools and all this stuff. But the thing is, all their money is offshore and all their, their businesses are located offshore and stuff because it's cheaper no help. for registration yeah. and taxes and all that stuff. But now they got their hand out and they want, u.s federal government money and they want us all to feel sad for them and stuff and then the saudis are putting 750 billion into the into carnival i think it was was it yeah their stock went their stock today? went up today their stock went up five percent today carnival yeah jesus yeah, was, yeah uh, so you know i mean with the uh, live nation investment too that was interesting it was yeah. interesting that live nation thing was interesting um, I, I did. I had a conversation with somebody about that just before this call, or just before this this meeting thing, happy hour, whatever. And um, we have differing opinions. You know, I like <clears throat> Live Nation is a is a very necessary company, and I don't know if we have anybody on here from Live Nation right now. And I'm not, you know, dissing them or anything, but you know. I don't know if they're thinking about all of our interests right now. Like I think <clears throat> Live Nation has such huge cash reserves that, you know, we don't really matter to them right now. And they'll get back to work when they feel like getting back to work and when it's good for them and their shareholders and everything else. Right. So, um, yeah. So do we, do we see a, a paradigm purchase in the near future? What do you mean? The paradigm agency. Oh, um, well, you know, I mean, I have a weird conspiracy theory and is there anybody from live nation here? You're a public company. So you have to be honest and raise your hand right now. So I have a weird conspiracy theory that, that live nations just sort of out waiting all of us and they're going to buy up scraps at, you know, 10 cents on the dollar. So venues are going to, you know, go bankrupt and live nation will buy them and, and, uh, small regional promoters or local promoters will go bankrupt and Live Nation will buy them. And again, I had a, a conversation right before this with a person much smarter than myself, which isn't that much of a reach. 
And um, he said, I'm crazy and it's just a conspiracy theory, but you know, I don't know. SFX well, part three. Who knows? Who well, knows? isn't that what that, uh, that Marcel, I've been hearing similar rumors. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that Billboard article a couple weeks ago is about, about how AG and Live Nation are just waiting for these independent promoters to drop, and then they'll buy their venues or buy their interests in whatever those venues. So the days of independently owned and operated venues are going to be gone. Um, yeah, so the flip side of all of that is a company the size of, of Live Nation who is a public company and does rely on shareholders and they got to do their quarterly reports and they got to show profits and all of those things. They're not going to, you know, not go to work on purpose just to be able to buy up scraps of companies, right? So I don't know. Like, I, I just, I think there's a play there. I'm sure they're looking at it. I'm sure you're going to see... Live Nation makes some acquisitions over the next couple of months, six months, whatever. Um, you know, they're bragging about how many billions of dollars they have sitting there ready to, you know, bring into play. And they just got another 500 million, was it, from the Saudis? We can get Jamie Brock a microphone with that money. How long until the uh, speculation of them starting to purchase production companies and bringing that in-house as well then? Yeah. That's what I was saying, SFX part three, that when they were trying to buy the production companies, the venues and the promoters all at once, you know, it's a one-stop shop, you know, yeah. PRG nation. Hey. Uh, going back to what Patrick was saying about the cruise ships, I received word today that end of June into July, uh, Royal Caribbean is going to start sending their crews that have been sent away from new build cruise ships back to the ships. So there's a chance I will be going back and finishing projects yeah, on ships. You were on a ship, able. right? When this all started. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that's a plus side. If we go back to work, get some money, that'd be great. But Money's I don't good. know if they're really going to be setting sail. Uh, I don't know where they'd go. So yeah. right now they're just in dry docks in France. I know I missed a, a bunch of stuff when I was on a phone call earlier and uh, I apologize if we're rehashing this, but did anybody talk about the fact that the biggest issue, whether it's live entertainment or it's uh, film and TV and movies and all that stuff, the insurance side, how will insurance play into this where- well, We talked about the indemnification was gonna need to happen uh, prevent just a slew of lawsuits you know whether there's insurance or not you know the the lawyers are going to sue you know well and also no insurance companies are insuring for uh you know these infectious diseases or viruses right now nobody so it's going yeah, to there are state rights and, and OSHA regulations and all that stuff that producers still have to abide on movie sets to make sure that 300 people right go into yeah but what i'm talking about is is tours or or shows yeah. no none of these insurance companies are insuring for infectious uh viruses or whatever so what's gonna happen and i think it's gonna happen relatively quickly because he's been talking about it almost every day on his uh on his daily updates or whatever they're called is the president is going to push out some sort of an indemnification um, program and he's already specifically addressed it for the food industry 
but I think there's going to be something for restaurants. There's going to be something for all sorts of hospitality and certainly our industry as well. You know, a lot of people in, you know, the very high ranks of government are specifically addressing, you know, this, this large events, large social gatherings, large whatever, our industry in their speeches and stuff now. So I, I'm pretty confident that we're going to see an indemnification uh, being put out there for our industry, meaning that fans going to an event and getting sick won't be able to sue the promoter, the venue, the band, et cetera, because they got the flu or got coronavirus at that event. Yeah, but I'm talking about the workers. So for us, you know, in, in the union to go back on a movie set as a lighting programmer, lighting technician, uh, or, or a crew guy just going back on a tour bus with 11 of his funny, amazing friends, um, that also opens up a can of worms on the insurance side. I think. No, when you're talking about insurance, are you talking about suing the the movie company, or are you talking about health that's insurance? Been a, that's been a big issue right now to get Hollywood restarted. Is that there's rumors that we're going to have in our start pack, we're going to have to just sign our life away and say, hey, if I get it while I'm on this production. Now, so in Texas, I know we had. I was in a call the other day that had folks from NBC, Netflix, Amazon. Um, a lot of them are moving some production while LA is staying a little more shut down, New York maybe staying a little more shut down. Texas is looking at, you know, putting in an express lane. Um, so there's studios in Austin and the Texas Film Commission is working very closely with the insurers and basically saying that insurance is driving the way that they will open back up and how the rules by which they will allow how many people on set at any given time, how many people in, um, in a confined area, that, that's why I was saying some of the stuff about the directors and stuff being remote earlier is because I think insurance is gonna start dictating that. And the more key players you have that need to be closer in, the more they're gonna be uh, even more important about it because they're not gonna risk having to pay out because a, a shoot has to get shut down because the director or an A-list star or somebody like that gets sick and has to go quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is that a lot of uh, a lot of chatter as well on certain actors that will just simply refuse to work until there's a vaccine because they're just not going to put their entire career on the line um, for that. Then the another um, plan that was in place or not in place but chatter about it was that crews that would go on a TV series or a movie would hunker down in a hotel for two weeks and be tested every day just to make sure that by the end of that two week. Uh, quarantine period, everybody would be ready to work and then they would stay at that hotel. So basically I would be asked to probably leave my family and still stay in a hotel in LA uh, for five months to, to do a TV series or, or a movie. That, that's going to be interesting. At the same time, doesn't, doesn't some personal sort of responsibility and personal, personal decision making and stuff come into play where I decide that you know, okay, in my house, I'm safe. But when I walk outside, you know, things can happen. And whether it's getting the coronavirus, getting a cold, getting the flu, getting hit by a car, getting, you know, an airplane landing in my backyard and crashing and burning me up into a million pieces or whatever. I mean, I think at some point people are just gonna, that's a personal decision. And everyone has to make that decision. And if I don't feel comfortable to go out to work, I'm just going to have to not go out to work. Oh, well, there's the catch-22. The catch-22 happens as soon as 
I can't answer the question with California, did you refuse any work? And I would have to say yes. And then all of a sudden my unemployment check would stop. Yeah. So obviously at that point, then I'll just have to say, I can't, you know, I can't refuse work because then I'm really going to be in the dumps. I'm going to have to go into my savings and, uh, and then the house renovation will never happen. And so that's why, yeah, I'll, I won't have a choice. I'll just have, to, my wife already told me, she goes, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Cause then you're I just, uh, I just read you. yesterday that down in uh, Atlanta, because Tyler Perry has such a contained uh, studio campus environment that he's already well, I've been uh, there. rolling out the plans. Oh, okay, yeah, he's, he's rolling he, that out right now. Yeah, his, his, it's an old studio, but then he's built these, these cement boxes that are the stages. Uh, but it's an old uh, barrack, right? It's an old military barrack. Yeah, it's an army, army barracks that he took yeah. over. But it's, he's got a freaking, you know, like plantation size um, yeah, there. You know, sets and, uh, and backups. Yeah. It's, it's wild. They cool. have a building that was created to be a hospital in a movie or a TV series. And now they're thinking of really, really going into that building and making it a working hospital for the crew. Well, Benoit, you saw that The Voice started loading in this week, right? At, at Universal. Yeah, there are some rumors that they were shut down. Uh, I, I heard that, I mean, according to the business agent in 728, the, that was a rumor, but they were in the building and they've started loading in. Whether or not they're going to allow them to shoot is still up in the air, but yeah. they've started loading in the set. So, and that's on Universal lot. So, yeah. You but think I think that if anyone was going to push back, it would be on one of the major lots. But in, in LA, you know, their production is starting to go back to work. Josh, how are they doing it? Are they are they staggering the crew or? Yeah, I think they're staggering the departments as wow. much as they can. They're, so they're extending the loadings, they're doing everything else so that you don't have 25 electrics sitting on top of 25 carpenters. So they're, they're staggering it and they're taking their time. And I think they know that they're the guinea pigs. I think they know that the entire industry is looking at them. Uh, so for the production standpoint, NBC standpoint, from the guys standpoint, the union standpoint, everybody's aware that, that they've become the guinea pigs. So they're, they're being hypervigilant, but at least they're starting. So I, 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 I have a question. Are they taking temperatures and wearing masks and gloves and everything for their crew? Because I'm really interested because this is a huge risk for them. My guess is that I, I haven't talked to the best boy yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody's in masks and gloves, but I'm not sure about the temperature thing. And even still, that's being proven that it's not necessarily the, the course. to determine because so many people who have zero symptoms, what, what difference does a temperature gauge mean? So that's kind of an arbitrary uh, a thing. And if that's what you're sending your liability on, then, then that's even a scarier thing because it's not a consistency. No, but I, I heard that studios were thinking of still installing thermal imaging cameras in all the stages, just like Wiseman was saying about coming off the plane in Japan. Um, but then the prick, the, the finger prick test is supposed to start happening at some point when we do open back up where we're going to go to the parking lot, the crew parking, and then somebody's going to do the little finger prick. And then 15 minutes later, we're going to get a text message and they're going to say, go home. Or they're going to say, come on in. From the studios that I've been talking to, uh, that hasn't been defined yet, a lot of those parameters. They know that there's going to be a lot of changes and the kind of things that Josh was talking about, um, like the um, crew phasing and uh, having access at different times, individual crews. But uh, a lot of the other parameters are still 
really being um, debated and worked out. Steven Soderbergh is heading up a committee that, uh, that at least has everybody watching to see what they're going to come out with um, that will keep crews safe. And, it's, and it really sounds like Tyler Perry is probably going to have the, uh, the, the, the first rollout um, before anybody else gets around to it. Well, there's more rollouts, too, in Asia and, and uh, in parts of Europe as well. Uh, the UK uh, put out a 55-page safety document. I, I should uh, find the link so that I could show it to you, to everybody, um, where uh, it's really detailed on what they want to do to get production going. So I'm not sure if Steve Warren and John Rogers have seen it, Paul Jones. Um, but it's it's a 55-page document for the, the, the reopening of the UK movie uh, and TV industry. Wow. With the safety protocols who, that they've established. Who is that published by, do you know? Or who put that out? Uh, if you give me a moment, I'm going to try to figure out where is it where it is because i had it open thank you i've seen this but i've obviously not read it because it's 55 pages um i know i've got loads of time on my hands but i haven't read it i think i think testing's key um i, I can't remember um we just mentioned it but i think like, we're not doing enough of it and i think until we can actually say you're good to go or you need to stay indoors for two weeks like that's you know, that's got to be step one and we're just not doing enough of it. I mean, we haven't got Premiership football started back up yet and they're talking about wanting to have the season finished by uh, the end of June and that's only a few games. That's not that many games. And it really um, sucks if you're a Liverpool fan, right? I am a Liverpool fan. I'm a Liverpool season ticket oh, holder. No. <laughs> Best first title, first title in 30 years, uh, yeah. first first league title in 30 years, so uh, second one in my lifetime. And uh, I had tickets to the last two home games, was going to see the, uh, the the trophy get lifted at Anfield Unreal. for the first time in my life. Um, but that, that faded away pretty, obviously, pretty yeah. quickly. there's more important things in football. Yeah. But it's a good test case because they've got loads of money, they can test them, if they can get the games finished behind closed doors, what you've got there is a... Uh, a pilot group of workplaces of 300-ish people meeting, working, testing, safe, move. And if you can do that without an uptick um, and track and trace those people, and if you can do that well, then maybe it sort of uh, is is the is you know the point man for 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 getting through the rest of the year. It's a large industry. It, it takes a lot of our our guys to make it work as well. You know, yeah. our film people yeah. and stuff like it, like over with you guys as well. Yeah. So. Maybe they can be the uh, maybe they can be the vanguards. Yeah, but I I have a question, and and Benoit, you make a very good point in you know with all this liability and people's concerns and health issues and everything else. But I'm sort of on a weird, edgy side of that whole concept, where I say that again, every time we walk out our front door, there are dangers. And the government, my employer, my customers, my vendors, my family, nobody can guarantee that I'm going to be safe when I walk out my front door or when I walk into a job site or when I whatever. And, you know, I think many of the people on here have heard way too much of it and you're sick of it. But my son races cars. I put him in a race car often. And, you know, I can't get 100% assurances on anything. So are we really looking for a 100% assurance here. In other words, we do no shows until there is a vaccine and a cure for something that for a very high percentage of people, and you know, I don't wanna get into an argument, I'm not being political, 
but for let's say 90%, 80%, whatever the number is, but a high percentage of people, it's gonna have minimal, if any, impact on them. And so are we looking for a 100% assurance on that? No, I think, I think people are looking for uh, what, what are they getting sued for the most currently, right? Because really, take it's away all- the liability. Take away the liability, as people, as as us, as, as you people, going to I work mean, tomorrow morning. It, it's it's about it's about people getting used to it, right? It's about people getting used to dangers and people adjusting to, you know, you know, you know, when you cross the street, there's a danger you're going to get hit by a car, right? Everybody knows that. So, the first time you cross the street, you're a little freaked out by it. You know, imagine you know the first time you're a little kid and you go out there and. You cross a busy intersection or you run across yeah. a highway, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. It's a good way to but, say it. It's a good way to say it. I mean, because the first time I go back into a grocery store without a mask, I'm probably going to go like, you know, is that guy sneezing over there? What's going on? Oh, yeah. But I mean, and, I and that. people just, uh, you know, the, the, the adjustment to getting used to, you know, having that around all the time is going to, you know, is, is going to take the adjusting. And, you know, and, and as, as these things come down in numbers and they tell us to go out, people are still going to go out slowly. You know, it's, it's their first time after a pandemic. And then there yeah. might be a whole other spike. Like Germany's looking at shutting back, shutting back down. And, you know, so then people are going to get nervous. You know, it's like the first time you see somebody get hit by a car in front of you, you start crossing the street a little slowlier again, right? Yeah, but let me let me go way yeah, out there and say, is anything really that much different? I mean, in reality, is anything still really hit by cars? So no, but I mean, six months ago, if somebody sneezed on me, would I have gotten a virus? Probably. Would yeah. I survive that virus? I mean, they're saying Probably. Some people, they're saying some people got in November, and you know, before that. No, no, but what I'm saying, no, a I year ago, that. two years ago, two years ago, if somebody sneezed on me at a trade show. Like, I mean, I, I tend to try not to shake hands with people at trade shows, even though I do it quite often. But, uh, you know, I always shake hands and then I'm very careful about not touching my face or anything. I'm talking five years ago even. And then I go to the bathroom and wash my hands. Some people are going to be forever scarred by this. Some people are going to be forever scarred and other people are going to go back. But is anything really that different? Is what I'm trying to say. Is anything really that different? Because... Yeah. I think that's the difference. I think the difference is just in the mental picture. Well, the difference is in how much we've talked about it. So it's, it's been, this has been made a very big topic, obviously, and in, in some ways for very good reason. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I have some unpopular opinions. I know that. But for me, I don't know that anything's that terribly different. I mean, it really isn't. So I think everyone on this call is healthy enough to survive this virus. I hope. Anyways, I don't know your health. <laughs> you have no idea. You know, and I've been, I've been in the, I've been in the gutter with a few of you, Chris, you included. And so, but I think most of you, if not all of you, are healthy enough to survive this and to basically, probably, hardly even notice that you got it. And you know, I'm really looking forward to take the antibody test someday because I wouldn't be surprised if I got it and if half of you just, got it. I was just gonna say that. So I wonder how many people on this call have taken, well, I'm taking the test tomorrow. 
Oh, so, are you really? Yeah. So I'm wondering if people are interested to take it or they go, are you going to go out of your way? I'm to interested. Take it? They don't have an easy way to take it here. So in Jersey, they just, love to I take it. The city. Yeah. You guys I would, have I would stand in line to take the test. If there was yeah, a way to get out that if once you take the test, things. if it allows us to go back to work. Yeah, but there's anyone here wouldn't be willing to take that test. Yeah. yeah. Eric, Eric, how are you able to receive the test, if you don't mind me there's asking? A, uh, there's a clinic here that does testing, like a Quest Diagnostics clinic that's offering it by appointment only. It's out of pocket. I think it's 85 bucks. And, you know, we've had three or four people at the office here go and take it. And basically, you know, it's just a peace of mind thing at this point. Now, I can take it tomorrow, be negative, and still contract something the next day right so right. you know how, so it's not an antibody test it's but is your life going to change antibody eric test. is your is your life going to change either way that test goes tomorrow no no right no. so the one thing um, to watch for is there's been a lot of reports that a lot of these tests give false positives and false negatives well not a lot like 10 15 percent so they want to get a pretty below high percentage <laughs> But you know, 10, 15 percent is not that high as far as, you know, five percent is an acceptable number. Yeah. So it's a little bit higher than acceptable. But again, does that mean you're going to go out and lick the pavement? I don't know, Eric. Well, I know several people that have gone, you know, that have gotten sick in the last three or four months. Thought for sure they had it, right? Got tested, and they have no antibodies, no no uh, proof that they had it, right? But they just probably had the normal flu or they had some other cold or whatever. Um, I don't know if, I guess I, it's more of a curiosity thing for me to just take it and see if maybe I, when I was a little bit sick in January, maybe I did have it. Oh yeah. Same for me. I, I had something right in uh, end of December, January, we went skiing to in mammoth. Luckily I was skiing for the whole week and it just blew away. And then right before the shutdown in early March, I, I, we were just finishing fast, Fast and the Furious, what is it, 16 now? No, Fast and Furious 9 uh, reshoots. I think and you're on 10, actually. No, actually, that's the last one. Vin has been the last seen. one, Fast 9? Yeah, so the one that's a, that got pushed to release next year is Fast 9. So I just finished that, and boom, I got something else, and it was right at the beginning of March, and I was like, oh, no. But um, it just, I never got a fever, and it just went away. So. You know, the thing is, it like, really maybe, I, maybe I'm lucky. Everybody as much as possible. Maybe, maybe I'm lucky, but everyone I know who has had it or who has tested positive or whatever, basically has told me it's nothing. Like I could have gotten it and not even noticed it was that much of nothing. And so I really do believe one fact that I believe is out there now that we didn't have maybe a month ago is that for most people, and I would think that's all of us on this call, it's going to have minimal, if any, impact on your life. You know, most people. But I think, but I think we're all still concerned that if we do get it, or if we are contagious, we don't want to be contagious around people who are vulnerable, right? So yeah, but no matter what, what I was going to say, Eric, because you wouldn't let me finish, is that <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was two glasses of wine. I'm sorry. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that even if I did think I had it or whatever, I still wouldn't go around like a 90-year-old person who's, you know, got one of those oxygen masks on or something. I'm not going to, but would I go around my kid? Yes, because it's had no impact on children whatsoever. None, zero. So, you know, has, I mean, has. what's that? Definitely has had an impact on children and not yeah, very, very small, 
in in the UK, we've got um, 109 cases of children under between the ages of one and 19. So there's 109 deaths in the UK in children. No no toddlers, but 109, and that's from that independent uh, national statistics office. Yeah, um, and that yeah, was up until the 17th of April. How many of those had underlying health issues? Yeah, I mean, no, who knows? Once these there's a 14-year-old boy died yesterday as well. Then he had no underlying health issues. They're they're doing a post-mortem yeah. now to find out about. It. So we shouldn't. I'm not scaremongering here at all. But what I'm saying is, we shouldn't be under the illusion that nobody. Uh, uh, you know, nobody is well, let's, let's all, put it this way. All, all the doctors I've listened to have said there's virtually no um, danger or hazard or whatever you want to call it yeah. to children from this yeah. virus. And possibly even less than the flu, the common flu. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, let's get on with it already. <laughs> like, honestly, you know, we can be sensible, we can be smart, we can yeah. do this properly, but we can't go on forever know, but doing I wish it the way that we're doing it right now. Mayors, it's all about the mayors of every city and the governors of every state in the U.S. that are determining when large gatherings are going to happen. But remember where their motivation is. They're looking for votes. They're not looking to make the most sensible decisions They're for us or our businesses. There's nothing to do about it. They're in charge. Garcetti said... There is no big shows in LA. Even they're in if charge if we allow them to be in charge. They're only allowed. They're only in charge if we allow them to be in charge. If oh, people stand up and go to control. your local representatives, Garcetti, Mayor Garcetti is, Mayor is also having to deal with a PR problem because he allowed the LA marathon to happen after other right, cities, uh, other like, cities were shut down. Like so the week he's before, in a, he's in the cover his ass mode, which is what politicians do. Yeah, so he's not no, going to be. But I mean, even you know, let's face it. Even even Trump, who two months ago was the toughest guy on earth and was like you know flipping the bird to everybody out there. He's changed his tune a little bit to where he's trying to follow the popular sort of decision or the popular idea or whatever. He's not being quite so abrasive anymore. And, you know, it's because of politics. It's because he's in his first term and he's wanting to have a second term now. If he was in his second term right now, believe me, he'd have a, I believe anyways, that he would have a completely different statement right now. But, you know, everyone is looking for votes. These people are all not necessarily doing what's best for us. They're doing what's best for them. My point was large tours. How can you budget and book large tours if you can't play in L.A. and New York? Yeah, that's a whole different thing. And that's something that Patrick, that's something Patrick Whelan has been talking about a lot with his spot touring idea. Come up to Ventura. Do it on the beach. Well, good. Patrick Whalen, have you had any more conversations about that concept? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it today. I had a discussion with somebody in, in Tennessee, and uh, I think Nashville is going to open up. If it's, I know Memphis is this week, and Nashville's like next week, where they're going to do some limited seating bars and restaurants. I guarantee you every solo artist and musician are going to be right back in those places playing and and – now they're talking about doing, you know, some very small, small scale shows and trying to pull them off because these places, the establishments need live music. So, you know, they're, they're, they've got to have something, you know. Yeah. And Austin opens on Friday. Guys, there you we go. Just, we I mean, just got our new swag in. So if you guys want to hit me up, 
I'll send you our new swag. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, let's see it, Eric. Hold on, talk again. Uh, test one, two, test one, two. Was that an IP65 what, what is that on the front? Mask? The Proteus, Proteus man, IP, IP65. <laughs> oh, my God. These are going to come in very handy for the banks we're going to need to rob soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, multi-purpose, multi-purpose. like the burglar mask. I agree with Patrick on that Multi-purpose uh, mask. I do like being able to go into the bank with a mask and rubber gloves and them not even looking twice at me. Now. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hey, By Willie way, Nelson found... called. He wants his bandana back. That's funny. By the way, I found the green paper that is being uh, prepared in the UK there for safety protocols on TV and movie sets. There's a huge, ridiculous link there in the chat area that starts with look aside and finishes with the number eight. And I've proven that if you copy that into your browser, it will come up. Thanks, Ben. Well, thank you. Anyone else have anything to say before we jump out here? Like, I know a very small handful of us have done all the talking, but anyone? I can, uh, I can attest to some funding and uh, grant application because that's basically my full-time job now, I feel like running a not profitable business and fundraising. Um, We're all running non-profitable businesses <laughs> right now. Right. But there's, you got to make the distinction. Are you a not for profit or a not profitable, right? Yeah. Um, I think we're all for profit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so far people, if you're pending and you are eligible for PPP, go to a small lender. Uh, the big banks seem to be the ones that have the hang up or they're, having a much more, you know, they're overwhelmed, they don't have the staff, they don't, uh, whatever. We finally, I just did another application and it like within 48 hours popped in. Wow. Um, City of Chicago has, you know, I, I don't know if there's any other Chicagoans in here, Illinois people, but there's a couple arts foundation things that are like five, 10 grand if you're a sole proprietor, 1099 independent contractor. Um, We've been told there's a few TV shows that shoot here in town. Uh, we do some video content work for them and stuff. And uh, we're being told mid-June to kind of, you know, expect right. to get back. So I don't, Good. yeah, who knows? That's amazing. For those, for those of you in California, uh, a little bit of an inside tip. Because I think only, you can only go to these guys if you're in California. But there's a bank called Live Oak Bank. And I'm told that they're processing stuff very quickly. Huh. Rob, have you been funded on your PPP? I have not. I, uh, I saw I have a processing ACH transfer. So I'll take that as good as it can be. But, you know, Bank of America, we ended up, we did it on the third, you know, in the first round of funding, just like everybody did. And, um, they no one there even knows any status you know and there's no one to call and you're not supposed to call so um yeah it's kind of a bummer. yeah i got since we've been on this meeting i got an email from a banker that i've got confirmation from the sba that i have funds they it'll take yeah. at least 48 hours for me to get closing docs and also check your check your credit if the sba put a, a um hard pull on it then the information has at least been transferred from that financial institution to the SBA. I did, for whatever it's worth, I did read today that they're expecting the second round of PPP to run out of money tomorrow. 
Just got, just got mine while we were on this meeting, my uh, <laughs> signature paperwork. So, yeah, I've heard from a few other folks, not in the production business, but in like uh, trade show or not, not production, but not like concerts and stuff. But, you know, their big thing now is they've got it. And, and I think, um, you know, that we were talking about it last week. It's like, but how do you use it in the way that it's intended if you don't have any work for those folks to do? You know, you can only clean the shop so many times and polish the cables so many times. So, you know, but nonetheless, get it and then you can just give it back. I will say my shop is like the cleanest I have ever seen. <laughs> and we've gotten a few extra projects done and with no rentals being out whatsoever, our inventory is for once going to be spot on because yeah. everything's back in the shop and we can count it all. Yeah. There's still a lot of room for interpretation on that. Uh, I've been discussing it with the bank. Uh, that I have, I'm in the same situation. All my guys are laid off. I'm still taking care of their insurance or cell phones, things like that, trying to help them. But I can't bring them back because I won't have work for 8, 10, 12 weeks until right. the shows come back. So I have been arguing with them that, hey, this is my point, you know, that, uh, you know, I can use this money to pay for the insurance and things like that, but I am not going to be able to bring people back until work comes back or 30 days before or something along those lines. Well, I think it was Mokri a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, basically spend it and figure it out later. And that's exactly what uh, my SBA well, rep is telling me. Telling, yeah, uh, but then, then Mokri came back last week and said, hell no, I read the paperwork and yeah. I ain't doing that. <laughs> that's and the guess what? He ain't even here this week, so he probably got offed. You know? <laughs> have you heard from Robert Mokri in the past few days? I talked to him a couple days ago. Okay, um, good. He's still alive. He's still alive. He's got a, He's actually going to go play a gig, I think, on Friday. Cool. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, he did. He had that plan of just doing whatever and hoping that the rules were going to change down the road. And uh, he went back on that now, and he's yeah. That's tough to do when it's back. the when it's the Fed. You know, they can mess with yeah. you in ways that nobody else can. Well, that paperwork, from what I've seen of it so far, it says they can change the rules at any point. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. It still, it still says in the SBA guidance, the, the SBA has yet to issue guidance on how smaller staff or payroll will reduce the amount of uh, eligible for forgiveness. Yeah, they can change the rules even if it doesn't say they can change the rules. That's the norm. And my guess is they're going to end up forgiving most of this on the PPP. Now, the EIDL and that, you know, that's going to be a different story, but... So Not my, to change the subject totally, and I don't know how national this news is, but have you guys seen that we have a couple state representatives in Illinois that basically got our stay-at-home protection shot down? And I yeah, it's pretty crazy. Today. Yeah, <laughs> so that, was, that was pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? So can you explain this? Yeah, there's a state representative uh, in Illinois. is kind of like two places. There's Chicago and then the rest, right? And it's it's really two different lives and lifestyles and economies and it's crazy. Um, and so these state representatives from like Carbondale and Southern Illinois sued the governor of Illinois and basically said that, cause technically he only has the power to issue this thing for 30 days. The 30 days ran out and he didn't cancel it and make a new executive order. He just extended it. And so they got him on a technicality, but a judge in the southern half of the state basically ruled the stay-at-home order is unconstitutional. Well, the other thing is Illinois was borrowing money from the government and doing all kinds of other things. Like, 
you know, I saw where I forget what it was, but it was a retired like school board person or something who was given a deal where they're collecting 300,000 a year for life. Yeah. You know, was yeah, one of the examples system. I saw. Yeah. Our pension system is a whole different rat race, but it's, well, I mean, uh, the, this is the problem with some States now that are going to the fed and trying with their handout and saying it's because of coronavirus, but they were disasters before coronavirus ever came yeah. along. And Illinois is one of those. Yeah. I'm actually, I mean, I'm a all over the map kind of ideology person, but yeah. Um, I definitely feel like we should be able to do the bankruptcy route just because it's, if you just do the math, it's really hard, but yeah. And you know, the funny thing about that is I have some friends that moved out of this state due to the, you know, financial picture. I don't think anybody from Strictly Effects is on here, but they like, you know, Mark before he passed was like so revved up about the pension thing here. You know, they moved their whole operation to Tennessee. You know, if you know on the inside track, kind of just because he was like tired of doing business in this state. But yeah, um, you know, they it was funny because people that have moved out are like, we're going to end up paying anyway if the feds bail them out. But I feel yeah. like that's divert, you know, way off the topic here, but yeah, yeah it's uh, it's crazy. It sucks. So yeah. folks, unfortunately I have to shut it down because my son is actually about to start a race in about five minutes an online right. race. And, uh, but I appreciate everyone. I mean, very amazing discussion today. And I know we all have issues. You know, we all have, we're all struggling. We all, this sucks. Everything sucks. You know, I've, I, I keep saying to everybody every day, I'm working three times as hard and making half as much, but I still hang on to this thing where this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity right now to sort of change what that view is three or four years from now. And I really believe this is an opportunity today for all of us to kick ass. I honestly do. So I hope you find your way. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for keeping the positive too, Marcel. We do no. appreciate it. Thank you guys. I appreciate it very much. And uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, it's like we're going to need more drinking involved. Yeah. <laughs> drinking is good. Shot. We have to do a shot yes. game. Every time, every time Weissman says he's pulling a deposit, we, we get, get to do a shot. Yeah. <laughs> But, nice. And Gumper, it's nice to hear your voice. You've been very quiet today. I've been hiding, you know. Are you, it's not still that there's no hockey season. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Trust me. You weren't going to make the playoffs anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Right. Yeah.